Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am your host, Tony Serino, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Today on the show, my rapid reaction to the Steelers' 28-31 loss to the New Orleans Saints. A devastating loss, not just on the field and the way that they lost this one, although that was pretty devastating as well, but because of the fact that the, the, the way the NFL weekend played out, this could not have been a worse result for the Steelers. The Ravens upset the Chargers on Saturday. The Titans beat the Redskins on Saturday, and the Colts come from behind to beat the New York Giants, meaning that now the Steelers at 8-6-1 have just one path to the playoffs. That would be beating, well, I should say, they have one realistic path to, to making the playoffs. That would be beating the Cincinnati Bengals at home in Week 17 and hoping that Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns go to Baltimore and win in that football game. If the Ravens were to lose and the Steelers were to win in Week 17, the Steelers would be your AFC North champions. They would be the four seed. They would play the LA Chargers in Round 1 of the playoffs. If that does not happen, the Steelers can still make it in if they were to win and the Colts and Titans were to tie, although the chances of that happening, I mean, got to be infinitesimal. Uh, So the Steelers, really, their only path to, to getting in is a win and a Ravens loss. But today on the show, I'm going to break down that loss to the New Orleans Saints, just what happened in New Orleans. The Steelers played, in a lot of ways, a phenomenal game, and yet, some way, somehow, this team, once again, finds a way to lose. We'll talk about all of it today. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Tony Serino. You can find more of this podcast by going to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, search Locked On Steelers, hit that subscribe button, get your daily dose. You can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country. You can find us on Instagram, Locked On Steelers. You can find us on Facebook, search Locked On Steelers, hit the like button. Also, join that Facebook group. Love talking to you guys on Facebook. And let's get to my rapid reaction of the Steelers' loss to the Saints. The Steelers lose 28-31 to in pretty dramatic fashion, although it's not that dramatic in Steeler terms, right? I mean, this was pretty much par for the course for the way this team has lost football games in the 2018 season. Heartbreakers that go right down to the end, and oh, they just they just rip your heart out in the worst possible way. Um, this time, it was Juju in the fumble at the end of this one. I, I mean, just a devastating way to lose this football game, especially if this is the way that the season ends now. I mean, the Steelers are out of the playoff picture for the time being. They're going to need some help in Week 17 if they're going to make the playoffs, if they're going to win the AFC North. Um, but if this is the way the season ends with a juju fumble after playing so well, after that entire offense played well, and I, and I said this last week on the podcast that this offense was likely not going to get the big performances from guys like Jalen Samuels and, and Eli Rogers and um, James Washington, right? That they're going to need their big guys to step up. Ben Roethlisberger is need to play his going to need to play his best game of the year. Antonio Brown is going to need an A B type performance, and Juju is going to have to do what he's done all year and come up with big play after a big play, and boy, did those guys ever, man. You got to give them credit. You got to give them credit. I understand Juju made the fumble at the end of the game. In no way is this loss on his shoulders. Um, it's it just, a, it, you have to feel bad for him because of how well he played. He was playing clearly hurt in this game. He had that groin injury um, coming in, but he played his heart out. The entire, I mean, this entire team played their heart out. Roethlisberger had 383 touchdowns and no interceptions. Uh, Antonio Brown, 14 catches, 185, two touchdowns. Juju, 11 catches, 115. And those three guys, that's the heart of this team. That's the heart of this offense. And they play their hearts out, man. They, they This team, what I loved about this football game is the character that this team showed. The, the fact that this team continued to claw and fight their way back into this football game, as many things went against the Steelers 
in this game, they were never out of it. They were never down out. As many times as it felt like the momentum was shifting against them, the floodgates were just about to open. This was going to turn into the kind of Saints beatdown that we've seen them give to teams at home all year long. It felt like it could be that game so many times in this game, and it never was. And credit to this Steeler team and the character that they showed time and time again in this game. There was a moment when this game was 14-6. to The Steelers had already had quite a few things go against them uh, at that point. And they, offensively, they had, they had driven down the field but not been able to turn that into touchdowns. They had left points on the field, and it just felt like, boy, you know, you're scoring field goals and not touchdowns against Drew Brees. Eventually, that Drew Brees offense is going to find its way down the field, and they're going to start putting up touchdowns of their own. And they had at that point. It was 14-6, to and the Steelers were backed up at their own goal line, backed up at the three-yard line. And, and, you know, that's the point where you felt like, boy, if this offense doesn't put something together now, if this offense can't fight its way back into this football game and really not just get back into solid field position you know, to take away what could have been a short field for Drew Brees, but they really need to put up some points at, the, at, uh, at that juncture of the football game because it could have, it could have been the doors could have ripped, ripped open in this game. And if the Saints go up 21-6, to it's a very different football game. It's a very different football game. But instead, this team goes on a 15-play 97-yard drive. Not only do they get the touchdown, they get the two-point conversion and turn what was a 14-6 game where the momentum was shifting it towards the Saints and shifted it right back in, in their favor. Now, defensively, they had some mistakes on the following drive. At the end of the half, they allowed the Saints to get you know, Kamara to turn up field, and they, I think they were doing too probably too good a job at protecting the sidelines there and not enough job at just getting Kamara and bringing him down. A lot of missed, uh, missed tackles there. Leads the the Saints to get a field goal, so they've got some of the momentum going into the half. I mean, you know, they they got that field goal and they were getting the ball to start the third quarter, and they went right down in that third quarter and got that lead back. They put it up to twenty four to fourteen. That was another point in the game where it felt like, boy, this crowd is into it. The Saints' offense is you know found its groove now. This this offense has to be able to keep up. And if they were to punt at that point, yeah, you just felt like. That the floodgates could open again. This could be a 31 to 14 game, and and a game that felt like the Steelers really were competitive throughout that entire first half. Really could get away from them so early in this second half. And once again, this team answered with a nine-play, 75-yard drive. Ended with that Jalen Samuels touchdown. Um, it, or excuse me, it ended with the AB touchdown in the corner of the end zone. Um, just a tremendous drive from this football team. All passes, all passes to Juju, Antonio Brown. Switzer had a nice one on that play, uh, but that was the only one. Otherwise, that was completely A.B. Juju from Ben Roethlisberger, that entire drive, a terrific drive down the field. And again, it kept this team in the game. And what I loved from that point, we talk about the character of this team. And, you know, defensively, this wasn't a great performance from the Pittsburgh Steelers. But in that moment, when the Steelers shifted the momentum back to themselves and they said, nope, we are back in this football game at 21-24. The defense answered in kind, getting a couple big stops of their own. And the Steelers went down and scored another touchdown in just four plays this time, 28-24. That was the nice, I mean, a beautiful ball by by uh, by Ben hitting A.B. in double coverage where he just split that coverage and made, him, made both the guys in secondary look silly. Uh, as I said, this was a tremendous game from Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe his best game of the year, and that ball he threw to Antonio Brown in that touchdown, maybe the best ball he's thrown all year. The Steelers were going to need that performance in this game. This was this was their tallest test, and I know we talked a lot about that win over the Patriots a week ago and how big that game was 
for this team and just getting that monkey off their back. But going to New Orleans, one of the best teams in football and certainly the most dangerous place to play in football because of how good New Orleans was. Man, taking that 28-24 to lead, it just felt, God, it felt so good, didn't it? And the defense comes out again and they get another big stop in this game, giving the Steelers the ball again uh, with a chance to go down the field and extend this lead again. Could it be 31-24? Could this offense get another touchdown and take a lead that's 28-24 and bring it up to 35-24, an 11-point lead at what would have been into the fourth quarter? And this is where things start to get weird. Or this is where things start to get a little Steelers, I guess you can say. Um, this is where the weirdness starts. So the Steelers are driving down the field. They have the ball at the New Orleans 34-yard line. It is third and two. The Steelers go jumbo, bring in Chukso Korafor as a tackle eligible, put Ridley in the game in the I formation. They run it up the middle, and he fumbles. Uh, here's what Tomlin had to say after the game when he was asked, what was the idea there? Why put Ridley in? Why uh, run from that set on third and two? It was third down and two. Um, we felt like we were in two down territory. We probably would have gone for it on fourth down had we been unsuccessful and maintained possession of the ball. Um, calculated risk you take. It's interesting to hear Tomlin say there that that was four down territory because I think a lot of the criticism about that play, the third and two play, the third and two run, was that it was a run. Right. Why are you running on third and two? Low percentage chance of getting the first down there. You need two yards. You're lining up in the jumbo set. You know, you're telling the best run defense in the NFL, hey, we're about to run the ball right up the middle. Can you stop us? And they did. Right? Why are you running the ball in that situation? Why not throw it? You need a first down. You certainly don't want to have to kick a 50, 51-yard field goal in that instance. Because, look, Boz played well in this game. He made the two field goals that he attempted. Uh, but do you really want to put Boswell out there with a 50, 51-yarder in this game, up four. If he misses, you change the momentum back in favor of the Saints. You know, it's basically as good as a turnover in this game. I, I, I just didn't want to see Boz out there. And and look, according to Tomlin there, you wouldn't have. right On fourth down, they would have thrown it. Or I should say, they would have gone for it. Who knows what the play call would have been. I guess the problem here still with, with that, even knowing that the Steelers were planning on going for it on fourth down if they didn't make it, is still the play call itself, right? And not to say that, that why are you running there in that situation? Although maybe, I mean, you know, maybe why are you running, right? Why not just let Ben throw the ball? That This was a Ben, A-B, Juju type of game. Ben was the hot hand. He was the best player on the field. Let him make his, well, him and A-B were the best couple players on the field. Let them make their plays. Um, I don't, but I, I will say this. So look, if you're going to go for it on fourth down, I understand the idea. We're going to run it on third down. You can run a little clock there, even though they're at that point there were still 10 minutes to go. In the game, and you're going to try it again on fourth down. So you're going to have another opportunity. You can run on third, throw on fourth down. I get all of that. The problem here is why are you going jumbo, right? Why are you going jumbo against the biggest, the the best run defense in the NFL? What is the point there? Why are you t- why are you why are you telling the best run defense in the NFL? Here's my play call. Try and stop me. Just didn't make a lot of sense to me, especially given the personnel the Steelers have. Look, I understand that we have a very good offensive line, maybe the best offensive line. In the league, and we just need two yards. Move that line off the line of scrimmage. But when you're going jumbo there, you're you're again you're putting all the Saints in the box. You're cramming the box full of Saints defenders, and you got to move everyone out of the way. And when you talk about our running backs, you're talking about Stephen Ridley and Jalen Samuels. Which one of those guys do you trust more in that spot? I don't trust either. And Jalen Samuels in this game did a very good job on the toss counter. Again, he did very good on draw plays when he was out in open space. And give him credit for that because I I was saying here a couple weeks ago. I didn't think he was a very good open space runner, but it turns out 
He's very good in those spots. Is he a great is he a great uh, up and down runner, north and south? I, I don't know yet. Right, Ridley in that spot. Do you want Ridley running on third and two, up the middle in a jumbo? I, this is really a spot where the Steelers miss a guy like James Conner because he's a guy in that spot who I would trust to be able to get that three, uh, the the two yards that they needed. Right, find a little crease, get his way up for two yards, and get the first down. But instead, the Steelers try Ridley. And I, I look, I, I don't, I don't dislike putting in Ridley there more than I would dislike putting in Samuels, right? I mean, Ridley fumbled, so hindsight being 20-20 here, boy, what a stupid call by Tomlin to put Ridley in the game at that point. I don't like the call in general, right? If you told me, Tony, the Steelers are going to run jumbo here, it's third and two, which running back do you trust more to get two yards, Ridley or Samuels? I'd tell you, uh, neither, don't run that play, that's stupid either way, right? So, you know, putting Ridley in there over Samuels, you know, it's a bad call either way. Um, Now, your mind, after watching that play, though, your mind does have to go to Denver. It had to go back to that playoff game against Denver a couple years ago where Toussaint fumbled and really changed, you know, the, the not the outcome, but the complexion of that football game because the Steelers in that game had a lead, even, even a small lead, but they had a lead. They were driving. They could have put that game away, um, and they did not. They went on to lose that game to, uh, to, to Peyton Manning. This year, it's on the road in New Orleans. And they have a chance to put the game away, uh, get themselves a comfortable lead into the fourth quarter, and instead the ball is fumbled and the, the Saints get the ball back. Now, credit, credit to the Steelers because, again, this is one of those times where, you know, show a little character, make a play, let's keep ourselves in this football game. It would have been very easy from that point, and we've seen this time and time again from this football team when the momentum starts to shift back, especially on a big turnover like that that the defense just gives no opposition to the offense, and it is so easy for that offense to drive right down the field and get a touchdown. That was not the case on that drive. The Steelers end up stopping the Saints and holding them to a uh, to a long field goal. That was uh, Lutz trying a 50-yarder, which was blocked by LJ Fort. Tremendous play by LJ Fort getting in there and blocking that punt. And again, it shifted the momentum back to the Steelers. Um, this is where we get into more craziness, though, because the Steelers' very next drive... It's now there's now six minutes on the clock. So now what starts entering into your mind is, boy, time is a factor now, right? The Steelers have a four point lead, but can they nurse this clock? Can we go on a six minute drive and all that? And I was saying at the time, and I'll still say it today, I did not want this offense to shut down. Don't try to nurse the four point lead. They did that a couple weeks ago against Oakland. It did not work. They tried to do it last week against New England. It did work in that football game because New England's run defense. Pretty poor, uh, but the Saints' defense was not. So I wanted to see the Steelers keep the ball in Ben Roethlisberger's hands. You know, Tomlin likes to say we don't live in our fears. Don't live in your fears here, right? Let Roethlisberger sling it around. Try to get first downs. Try to move the football. Try to get more points on the board. If the Steelers score at this point, the game is over. Thirty-five to twenty-four with four minutes to go on the clock. The game is over. Uh, instead, the Steelers go three and out. It, it had that. That was the big Roethlisberger sack on second down, uh, making it third, third and fourteen. They tried to get a little A-B screen pass going. That wasn't working. So the Steelers are left with 4th and 5 at their own 42-yard line, 4-11 on the clock. Steelers are going to punt to Drew Brees. And instead, it's a fake. It's a fake punt to Roosevelt Knicks. He goes up the middle, uh, gets 4 of the 5 yards he needed. He thought he got it. He was celebrating afterwards. Kind of sad to watch him celebrate like that, knowing what we knew watching on the TV angle. That Sorry, Rosie, you were actually a yard short. Very, very controversial decision. Of course, everyone in, in, uh, in on Twitter and in, in Steeler Nation was thinking, what in the world are we thinking running a fake punt on our own 42-yard line with Drew Brees at the helm? Here's what Tomlin had to say 
after the game as to why he called a fake punt in that situation. I just wanted to be aggressive. Um, I wanted to ensure that we had an opportunity to win the game. I thought, first of all, I liked the, the play, the concept. I thought we had a chance to get it. Um, but I thought where the, where the game was and the time in which was left in the game, I thought that if we did not stop them, that we would have an opportunity to have the ball last. And uh, we did, but uh, obviously um, unsuccessful nonetheless. So this is a classic, if you make it, you're a genius. If you don't, you're an idiot type of play, right? But looking at this in the big picture, look, I hated this call when it happened. Hated it in the moment. I tweeted, why, why are we doing this, right? I mean, it's, it just it felt like, boy, this is one of the stupidest calls I've ever seen Tomlin make. In the moment, it felt like that. Now, hindsight being 2020 and, and having a chance to go back and relive that moment and, and, um, and listen to Tomlin's comments there, I'll say this. Look, I know I've been very critical about Tomlin in these late game situations, but I, I don't, I only disagree with the running play in that it was a jumbo formation. If it was a draw play or something like that, I wouldn't hate the call. Uh, and I only disagree with the, with the fake punt here in that if you're going to go for it on fourth down, the more high percentage play here is to just trot out your offense and actually go for it, right? I mean, I get that they wanted to get them to sneak it through, right? Or, or get the, the, the surprise factor of, of having a fake punt. Which, help, which would help them convert on, on fourth down. But the way the offense was playing, the way Ben Roethlisberger was able to move the football, fourth and five, you got to like your chances there with Ben, A, B, Juju, right? Uh, that's, the only, that's the only criticism I have. Because honestly, do I want, to, sitting here today, right, right now, do you want to give Drew Brees the ball with four minutes to go and say, okay, I trust my defense to stop Drew Brees with four minutes, and I, I trust my defense to stop Drew Brees with four minutes, or... I'll get the ball back with enough time to come back down the field and score? Or would you rather give Drew Brees a bit of a short field there where we can still get a stop? They still The field goal is out of play here, right? So the Steelers can still get a stop even though they're giving the, the Saints the ball at the 40-yard line. Uh, they can still get a stop, and they can still win this football game defensively. But if they don't, they leave themselves enough time for Ben Roethlisberger and that offense to have the ball at the end. Because how many times this year has this team not had that chance at the end of the game. The, the, this, the Chargers game just didn't have a chance to win that, that game at the end. The Raiders game, I mean, although they had a chance, it took a hook and lateral uh, that you know was a miracle at the end of that football game to get them into scoring range. Right, You wanted a chance at the end of this game to have Ben Roethlisberger with his hands in the football because this offense is moving the ball so well, I mean, as we saw at the end of the game. Um, so I'm not trying to be results-oriented here and saying, oh, well, you know, what he did worked out. But what I'm saying is what he did make sense. Do I trust more in this in this defense's ability to stop Breeze from going whatever it would have been, let's say 90, 80 yards, whatever, in four minutes, or do I trust Ben Roethlisberger with whatever it would have been, a minute, minute 20, no timeouts, to drive down the field himself and get this team into scoring range for a, a game-tying field goal, send it to overtime, or potentially the game-winning touchdown? I look, I want the hands in, I, I want the ball in Ben's hands at the end of the game. I don't. The, the way that this team won last week, in, in stopping Brady at the goal line, stopping Brady late in this game. That was shocking. That was crazy. And that's that's one of the reasons why we were all just, you know, it was just one of the craziest endings you've ever seen to a game because this defense stopped Tom Brady. But, you know, that was not going to happen here in New Orleans. Uh, so I don't dislike this call. In fact, I'll, I'll give Tomlin a lot of credit for the end of this game, the way he called it. Because he called his timeouts correctly at the end of the game. <laughs> they, they used their timeouts once the... The, the Saints got into obvious scoring position. The only thing I didn't like about the end of this game from Tomlin and the clock management perspective 
is I would have let them score. When it was second and goal from the two, I would have just let them score. I thought the worst uh, thing that could have happened there is when they called, by the way, that Michael Thomas play, how much did that look like the Santonio San play in 2008 where Santonio San caught the ball at the, at the goal line to win the division over? Didn't, did anyone have flashbacks to that? Because I had, I had major flashbacks to Santonio San and that play. And that's why I said, okay, that's a touchdown because I seen the Santonio San play. It was the exact same play except Santonio San was in the middle of the field. Thomas was on the, on the sideline. That's the same play. It's a touchdown. And by the way, thank goodness that was a touchdown because the worst thing that happens there is they don't get they don't get the touchdown. The the clock continues to run from the one yard line. You've got third and goal from the one. Do you like your chance of third and goal from the one? <laughs> I don't, right? I don't like the, the Steelers' chances at third and goal from the one. They could just do another Kamara jump up the middle, jump over the uh, over the pile play, which the Steelers just have not been able to defend this season. Um, so I thought that was a really good. I mean, that was good. I would have let him score there. I mean, the, the fact that it wasn't just like you know <laughs> everyone's wide open, you score if you want to. Um, was kind of whatever. I mean, that's coaches are never going to do that, right? I mean, I guess you saw Holmgren do that in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, but that's the only time you're ever going to see that happen. Uh, so not a whole lot, honestly, not a whole lot of criticism of Tomlin and his late game management. So I thought he actually learned, right? The the mistakes that he made back in Oakland, he clearly has learned from because this team had an opportunity to not call timeout and to quote unquote leave a timeout for their offense, as he said. A couple weeks ago, when he left one timeout with 15 seconds, they could have done that again in this game, right? The the after first and goal, that or well, either way, right? After the third and 20 debacle, which we'll talk about here in a second, he could have let that clock run down after the first and goal pass to the two yard line. He could have let the clock run down again, and it would have been the same situation where the Saints score late and the offense has like 20 seconds left and one timeout. Thanks, Tomlin. Uh, you know, for for their chance to win, but they didn't. They didn't do that. They gave themselves a chance by leaving themselves time, not timeouts, which, which was my big argument a couple weeks ago. So I credit Tomlin on that one. He played this one right at the end of this football game. Um, it's just really, I mean, it just sucks, man. It just sucks the way that this season is going to end now. And I know that, you know, people are saying, well, this team's unclutch and this team finds ways to lose. And how can you argue, right? You, you can't argue that point. No, no, they, they, no, they don't. I mean, yes, they do, right? They, this team has found a lot of silly ways to lose football games in 2018, including this one, right? I mean, you know, there's all this who who to blame in this one. And I, look, obviously you're not going to blame Juju because it was unfortunate that Juju fumbled in this game. Um, the Steelers were in field goal range at that point when he fumbled, but Juju played so well in this game. I'm not blaming him. There's a, there's a million other plays in this game that cost the Steelers. The third and 20 play, as big as any point. Didn't you feel like when it was first and 20 that this team, they had him now. Okay, now we got, we, we're getting pressure on Breeze. Pretty much every play. In fact, the holding call, I believe, was a holding on Tuit. Maybe it was on Hayward. Um, but that call was huge in the game, and that's one of those things I talked about a week ago, man. This this front four, this the, the, this front getting pressure at, at big moments in big games. And they got big sacks in this game. That was one of the reasons why this team was able to take a lead in this game. As, as we talked about, those those stops this team got down the stretch, Those part of those big stops were big plays by that front four getting to Drew Brees. In this game, a quarterback who just does not get sacked. The guy doesn't take sacks. Uh, and yet, in this game, they were able to get around him, force him to make some throws a little earlier than he wanted to. Um, man, TJ Watts becoming a beast on the edge. I mean, he, he's... I think I said this last week, but every play I expect him to be around the quarterback. He's that kind of edge rusher now, where you just expect him 
to be around the passer. He's becoming great. And again, he's only in year two. His only things should hopefully only get better. But, you know, you do kind of have to wonder what happened there at first and 20. Because they had the, the Saints, the Saints got it on an easy play over the middle, wide open to Ted Ginn. But they had it, I think it was a couple plays earlier, where he was wide open again and he just dropped the football. Maybe it was on second down. The guy dropped it regardless. The guy, a guy dropped it wide open over the middle earlier. I mean, they, they, they could have got that first down two times on that drive. Um, terrible. I mean, I, I, I'll see the all 22 on that one to see what happened. I thought Keith Butler called a really bad game overall. As, as much success, quote-unquote, success as this defense had at times, I thought it was in spite of Keith Butler. The, the amount of times that they were blitzing Mike Hilton to no avail in this game was maddening, especially against a guy like Drew Brees who's so good at diagnosing and throwing at the blitz. And by the way, every time they were blitzing Hilton, they were leaving a linebacker in coverage with a wide receiver or a guy just open in his zone. Um, and that happened time and time again in this football game. Uh, just silliness. I, and I, I, get that, I get that Mike Hilton is a, is a good blitzer off the edge. And he was a good blitzer last year. And he had, what, four sacks a year ago. That hasn't been the case this year. And it wasn't the case in this football game. And, and I really, you know, I thought at halftime, okay, Butler, make your adjustment now, right? Understand that the Hilton blitz, the nickel blitz, because they used Sutton as well at times in this game, that's not working. Come off of it. Do something else. Uh, to, you know, I mean, I don't know. To Butler's credit, I guess he eventually did come off of it because the last couple drives, they didn't do it. Um, but by that point, man, I mean, the Saints had had their, they had their opportunities in this game. They, they had made their, uh, made their plays. Just, just a this is a frustrating game, and we, we haven't even gotten to the officiating yet. I don't want to spend a lot of time on the officiating. I know a lot of you out there feel like this team was robbed, and and this team had this game won, and and the officials took it away from them. And you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you you're wrong. And I know a lot of there's a lot of other fans out there who are saying no, you know, good teams can overcome that, and they should have never put themselves in that situation. And there were so many other plays in this game that decided the outcome more than the officiating. You know, all of that. I'm not going to argue with you either. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really not interested in the idea of did the officiating cost the Steelers this game. I will just say as a fan of the National Football League, officiating in 2018 is at, at its worst that I can remember. And I've been watching this league since 94. Uh, I, I, officiating in 2018 is at an all-time low. And it's just not fun to watch. Fourth and two, let them play. If it's an egregious play, if it's, okay, he clearly impeded, then fine, call it. But don't, why does everything, why does everything have to be ticky-tack? Every ticky-tack call has to be called now. You know, the, the early one to Hayden, the late one to Hayden, the one on Morgan Burnett, which, by the way, there was a false start in that play. And that's the other thing I don't get. How are we missing false starts in 2018? This is not, this is not exclusive to Steelers games. This is around the NFL. This is in every game I'm watching. There are poor calls Time and time again, not judgment calls, not stupid rules that need to be changed, not 50-50 plays, right? Not plays where one fan base thinks it went one way and one one fan base the other. This is this is like obvious stuff that is that is that is either not called or called for no reason, and it's happening game after game. That's the problem I have. The NFL in 2018 is less fun to watch because of it. I come out of this game. And it's it you know I would be it would be one thing if I had just watched the Saints win a big game over the Steelers and they did it you know without any without poor officiating but the fact that the officiating got involved in this game as many times as it did regardless of if it changed the outcome of the game or not it made the game less 
fun to watch. And you watch this game for entertainment. That's the point. Yeah, you know, maybe I'm in the minority on this one. I hope I'm not. I hope fans out there agree with me because this is this is ruining the game to me. The fact that every time there's a big play or every time there's a big defensive play, I got to look down to the corner and see, oh, did they throw a flag on this one? It's frustrating. I know I've been railing on it all year, but, you know, just time and time again with this. And again, I'm not even talking about for the Steelers. I'm talking about in every game I've watched this year. It's just the same thing over and over. So frustrating. And again, here we are. You know, look, the penalties in this game, they were bad. This were bad, were bad calls, especially the first one, the fourth and one. That one, I, I don't I don't understand that call at all. He didn't, Hayden didn't barely touch Kamara. There in no way impeded his route. No way was it past interference. But they called it. <laughs> they called it because that's NFL officiating. And hey, it got the Saints to 31. And by the way, you know, the NFL likes high scores. And I'm sure 15 to 6 a couple weeks ago, Bears Rams didn't sit well with them in the league office. Of, hey, what happened to our big scoring? We were having all this fun with all these teams scoring in the 30s. That kind of went away, didn't it? Um, so, look, if this is the way that the Steelers' season is going to end, it is in some ways unjust for a football team that has so much talent that can play games like this. And look, you know, we can talk about whether or not this team deserves to make the playoffs. If you don't beat Oakland, you don't deserve to make it. I've heard that get said. You know, the Oakland game, I guess we can talk about this later in the week, but people keep bringing up the Oakland game like losing the Oakland game was this huge shock. I can't believe we lost the Oakland game. Ben didn't play half the game. <laughs> I mean, people talk about the Oakland game like Ben played the whole game and we played, I mean, Dobbs started half the game. That was a stupid game because Ben had to sit out half of it because of the x-ray machine because Tomlin felt like Ben didn't have to go back in. They were going to play it safe until the at one, until the end of that one. Um, you know, but I mean, I don't know. Anyway, I think this team, <laughs> the point I was trying to make though is like this team has actually in this losing streak, they've lost four of five. Right, they've lost four or five. They lost in Denver on the last second play. They lost in in San Diego on a last second play. They lost in Oakland on a last second play, and they lost in New Orleans on a last second play. I mean, this team, you know, they they for whatever reason they can't find a way to win these games, and I understand that that is a problem. But you know, this this idea that this team is they don't deserve to make the playoffs, or they you know they can't compete that kind of thing. I mean, this team can compete with anyone. I think that's that's the real pity of the 2018 season is that this is not a football team that it could just was just you know is destined to be one and done in the playoffs this team can can make some noise in the playoffs if they could find a way to win football games at the end and they did that in 2017 and you know whatever whatever good luck they had in 2017 that led them to so many come from behind last second wins in this game it has certainly turned in 2018 the opposite direction I'm gonna be a big Browns fan on Sunday coming up this week, Baker Mayfield going into Baltimore. That that Browns team, by the way, they have a lot to play for. I know, you know, a lot of people feeling like, ah, you know, the Browns are going to go into Baltimore and, and beat the beat the Ravens after they have a chance to win the AFC North. Don't forget the Browns are are seven seven and one now. They have a chance to have a winning record with Baker Mayfield. They they are this is their Super Bowl. And talking to Browns fans, they are so hyped up for this week. And I'm sure the Browns players and coaches are going to be the same way. And as, as much as this hurts their draft and this their draft chances and, and you know, this team's ability to load up once again in the 2019 draft, they don't care. Let me tell you, talking to these Browns fans, they don't care. They want this win more than anything. So that will that should be a competitive game between the Browns and Rams. I'm going to be a huge Browns fan. I hope the Steeler team gets in. As I said, I hope they can make some noise in the playoffs if they get the opportunity 
Um, they've certainly got some things to fix at the end of this game. You know, what? what is it that is causing this team to continue to come up short late in football games? I think that's something we'll need to talk about the rest of the week. So that'll do it for me today. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com, the email address. You can follow me on Twitter at SteelerCountry, and I'll be back tomorrow for more Locked On Steelers.